And I'm Anak Sarma. We are members of the Dog Course at Lafayette College. We recently sat down with Suzanne Westfall, who is a theater professor on campus and has a dog named Mac. Professor Westfall and her family have had golden retrievers for 20 years, and Mac is their third. It's a breed we love. Um, my son grew up with it, and um, our last dog died, and we were dogless for about a year, and then we decided we couldn't stand it anymore. Like Professor Westfall, many people find themselves getting attached to certain breeds and continuing to own the same breed of dog. We are going to explore why this pattern is so common and things to keep in mind about purebred dogs along with a look inside the bond between humans and dogs. Professor Westfall told us about how she and her family decided to get a golden retriever because of their reputation of being family dogs. One of the reasons we got our first one, Zena, warrior chicken, as we called her, um, was that uh, they're incredible family dogs. And our son was six years old when we got our first dog. So, um, and he's an only child, so we thought he needed a sibling. So he ended up with a fur sister. This family-friendly temperament observed among golden retrievers is written into their breed standard. For those unfamiliar with the term, a breed standard gives guidelines and descriptions for what a purebred golden retriever should look like. It also details the ideal behavior of the breed, and it is provided by the American Kennel Club. The breed standard is also used in show rings to judge assessing dogs. The breed standard for Golden states that they are friendly, reliable, and trustworthy. Professor Westfall's comments echo the standard when she said that they first got a golden because they needed a dog that would be safe for their son, who was at the time six, to be around alone. They felt that their son deserved a sibling, and so they got their first golden. According to Professor Westfall, Mac enjoys spending time with everyone in the family. She says Mac is attached to her husband and then clarifies that Mac is attached to others of the family as well, an important trait of a family dog. He's attached to my husband at the wrist and ankles, um, but... Uh, but he, I think, would prefer to have a child to play with. Professor Westfall told us about how Mac is the, and told a story about him losing his boot that he had been wearing to protect his injured paw. The boot fell off while he was in the water, and after being told to go find it, Mac did just that. He went into the river, he got the boot, he tossed it up in the air three or four times, and then he brought it back and gave it to Stephen. And two days later, he had his boot on again, and he was hiking in the park, and he was running in and out of the bushes because there's rabbits in there. Uh, and we noticed when we got him to the car that his boot was missing. So we looked for it, looked for it, looked for it, and he didn't find it at all. So the next day, Steve went back and... Um, and they, he took the same walk, and he, he just picked up Mac's paw and said, find your boot. He ran around, found the darn thing, brought it back <laughs> a bit later. So that's two days in a row. So we think he's really smart. Professor Westfall says Mac has a time, sense of time as well. He knows when it is time for each of his walks and seems to know when he'll meet his friends. According to canine scientist Alexander Horowitz, dogs are canine anthropologists. 
By that, she means they're very skilled at learning our habits and are able to anticipate things that we do on a regular basis around the same time. This explains how Max seems to know what time it is and what that means is about to happen. He can tell time. He knows when it's time for him to go out. He knows in the morning. He starts whining and, and um, crying, uh, usually around 6 a.m., uh, and he's ready for his 7 a.m. walk. Uh, he knows that at lunchtime, he knows that he is supposed to be going out again, and he knows around 4 o'clock that it's time for my favorite hike, my two-hour hike along the Broadhead or the McMichael Creek, where I get to swim and see my friends. He also mingles easily with other dogs, a trait commonly reported by golden retriever owners. Um, so yeah, he has lots of dog buddies. Uh, he's very friendly with them. Although it is clear that many people love purebred dogs because of their unique personalities, there is sadly a negative aspect to purebred dogs, and this is their predisposition to specific health concerns and genetic diseases. In an article from Companion Animal Psychology, D. Zeiss Todd says, A study of the top 50 dog breeds in the UK found that every single one had at least one inherited disorder related to its conformation, and that inbreeding within dog breeds leads to a lack of genetic diversity. The tendency to overlook health problems in purebreds could lead to ongoing suffering among purebreds. This suffering normally arises from inherited diseases, and examples of these can be seen in Adam McClosey's book, The Dog and Natural History. He states that some common health issues among golden retrievers are hip dysplasia, allergies, heart disease, epilepsy, and cancer. It is important to be aware of where a puppy is coming from so that you don't support harmful puppy mills. The Human Society states that a puppy mill is an inhumane, high-volume, dog breeding facility that churns out puppies for profit. The majority of puppies sold at pet stores are often bred through puppy mills. These dogs tend to be sick and unsocialized. Contrastingly, a responsible breeder will be happy to meet you in person and show you where the puppy was born and raised. Luckily, Mac came from a reliable breeder and is happy and healthy dog. If you are seeking out a purebred instead of a rescue or a shelter dog, there are some things to look for in breeders to ensure that they are breeding responsibly. They will meet with you in person, encourage you to visit where the puppies are raised, their dogs will be kept in clean, comfortable areas, vet records will be provided, and you will be asked to sign a contract. These things will ensure that you are not supporting puppy mills. Mac has obviously had a huge positive impact on Professor Westfall and her family's life. For a lot of people, owning a dog can give a sense of purpose and bring joy into their lives that may not have been there previously present. And the loving nature of dogs allows people to form strong bonds with them. This bond is the topic of Caroline Knapp's book, Pack of Two, The Intricate Bond Between People and Dogs. She discusses how her dog Lucy helped her through a bad breakup and became a comforting presence as a member of her family. She states they can be enormously loyal and faithful creatures. First of all, they just pick up your mood so much. They just, uh, they're just wonderful companions. And I think having, once you have a dog in the house and then one, and then it's missing, you really feel the emptiness and the, the, the lack of the dog. Dogs make lasting impacts on their owner's lives and the strong bond will always be remembered. In Knapp's book, she also states, 
Before you get a dog, you can't imagine what living with one might be like. Afterward, you can't imagine living any other way. Max's presence in the Westfall family is bringing happiness to their daily lives and making every day filled with love and companionship. He's very loving, incredibly energetic. He's a joyful boy.